You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 136 of the Comic Book Informer podcast coming to you on August 20th. This is Vince along with Roger. How are you doing today, man? I have blueberries and cherries. I'm good. That's all it takes? That's basically all it takes. Now, Fresh are berries. these fruits in some sort of liquid form, perhaps no. with some grapes? No, sadly, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, for this week's uh, episode... We're actually taking a look at an indie title first, and uh, Roger, I'm going to let you tackle this uh, first of all, since you're the one they contacted. Yeah, but you were supposed to – I thought you were going to do it after. All right, I'm prepared. I am prepared. Yeah, this – there's a couple of guys that contacted me and asked if we would be interested in reading these comic books that they put out, and it's called uh, Zoe Out of Time, and it was created by Jay uh, Mikulski. Mikulski? How would you say that? Because you're always correcting me. I'm, I'm going to go with Mikulski. That's what I thought. And Alexander Lagos, Lagos, whatever. I'm going to call him Lego. And uh, the art's by Daryl. Man, nobody can have normal names. Like, I'm one to talk, but still. Darylis Santa, Santa Cruz and colors by Oren Kromek. I, and I name all of these guys because, uh, well, especially with the art, when we're looking at smaller dev, or not dev, but smaller publishers or smaller creator-owned comics kind of thing, sometimes the art isn't quite up to snuff kind of thing and immediately i found that with this it's a um we read uh, the first two of four I, I really thought the art was phenomenal the art was very well done the colors in it were great as well a lot of nighttime scenes so you're getting a lot of darker bluish purplish kind of scenes with the colorings and whatnot the the art was very good i liked it i I wouldn't put it on par with say the best that we love from the big two or from image kind of thing but it was really really quite good and then in terms of the story what this is is it's a story about a girl whose father is a well-known scientist in the future and because apparently in the future scientists are well known they're like the rock stars of the future <laughs> cuz well, it was by that point the nerds have taken over and you know oh yeah really cuz they make a point too of this is so and so's daughter the scientist the famous scientist and I'm going yeah that wouldn't fly now famous scientist who who are you talking about <laughs> uh, anyway so this guy Does he have a reality show yeah really uh, this here, this guy's working on all kinds of things, not the least of which being a way in which to be able to see the past, different scenes from the past through um, kind of a, a light thing. And so there's the, a lot of science words in there. Oh, yeah. And then he also he doesn't tell the people anybody else but he's also worked on what he calls a chronos traveler and this is allows temporal phasing again you can get great big words here um so so th- this girl is in love with this band that had a one album thing and then the singer died and it's it's just this very cliched thing at this point, I will say, where she, of course, 
she's had it. She's a wild child with blue glowing hair and steals the Kronos Traveler and takes off into the past for just, just one, just to go and see kind of thing. And of course, loses it. All hell breaks loose. Um, and eventually winds up spending quite a bit of time with the band and changes events. Now we haven't seen to the degree that they will have been changed, but we can already see that, uh, it, it is changing. So, so that's basically it. I mean, I can go in, in, in much greater detail uh, of those two issues, but I think at this point, I think what, what bear saying is that it's a decent story. Um, but not without its faults, in my opinion. Again, all subjective. Other people may disagree, but it's not without its faults. First of which being that it is terribly cliched in terms of how they chose to work with this premise. The premise being, we want this young teenage girl in the past and using this time travel device. The manner in which they did it, I found was way too cliched. And then on top of that, again, this is presumably, because we've read half the damn story, a story about this girl in the past. And yet I found that there was not nearly enough time on her. So Mm -hmm. a lot of those two issues, you're reading about the band and you're reading more about this rock star from the band than you do about her. And about, you know, the, the, the record deal that he's getting and the little fights and things that he's getting into and whatnot. So there's, there's, I found not nearly enough characterization with the main character. I don't know if you agree with that. I pretty much in agreement with you there, but that said, I actually, I'm kind of enjoying the story with the band, like more than Zoe's story. Like, yeah, she's pretty much just, you know, an observer to these larger events going on. But the actual intrigue involved with the band, while it's like I said, it's not terribly original, it is still at least interesting. And seeing, you know, the sleazy record company owner and, you know, the tactics he's resorting to and the the, the whole concept of, you know, suddenly this up and coming band assigned to this big label and the stuff going on there, that actually the, you know, there there is some room to work with in that story that I would be interested in seeing, you know, where they go with it. And and again, I'm I'm enjoying this as well. I want to make that very clear. I am enjoying this. It's just that I do there are a few points that I thought, you know, the story could be better. Not the least of which being a cliched mechanics to get the story going and then the fact that again there's not enough characterization with her now that being said again like what you're saying with the band it's interesting i think they still could have done that while still doing uh giving the main character enough room to breathe and still getting enough characterization on her when when the main character is very very two-dimensional and the band Hell, the freaking bass player and drummer have more characterization than, you know, the exaggeration for sake of effect, folks, but than, than her, then I think that there's a problem. And I think that, I mean, who knows what the next two issues will be. So that's, and it, and it, and we'll see. And, and it is interesting to see the different life that, especially again, the band leader is taking based on her being there. It's a completely different path than what he'd gone initially. So, yeah, that is interesting. But, again, enough to 
Enough to keep reading this if it were not a four-part miniseries? No. Enough to read it through and enjoy a four-part miniseries? Yes, yes. It, but I still maintain that, again, it's the writing is off in terms of where the priorities are being put. Mm-hmm. But also at the end of the day, we have to take into consideration that, you know, this isn't a major publication. These are, you know, a handful of guys that are making their first steps into the industry. Yeah. And honestly, as the first work I've seen of anybody involved here, I'm I'm somewhat impressed in a lot of ways. Yep. Yeah, and so was I. That's We talked about it before as well, and I was saying the, the writing is good with a few things that I personally think should be different. But that don't make me no expert. I'm just mm-hmm. saying what my opinions are kind of thing. And then the manner in which it's put together, the art, the um, and even the pacing of the story is really, really well done, which a lot of writers don't always get, but they do in terms of the comic book. the major publishers. Yeah, exactly. So the the pacing of the story is phenomenal. It's very, very well done. And again, when I say cliches, it's not like we don't see cliches from everybody. But that's why I've always said, for me at least, it's, it's not necessarily a cliche, but what you do with it and how you use it and how you decide to work that into the story. So that's why... For me, this was the cliche didn't work, but again, it's it is a good story. I you can uh, folks can pick it up actually on Comicsology as well, and it's called Zoe Out of Time, and it is a, a four parter. So I I would encourage everyone to definitely pick it up, check it out. It looks professional as hell, and it is. It's very good. If you want a sneak peek at it, too, if you want to find out more, you can actually go to their site, which is zoeoutoftime.com. Check it out for sure. And also just to point out, it's a buck. Yeah, really? Come on. Yeah, help support these guys. Seriously, I, I strongly suggest it. I, let me put it to you this way, too. I'm impressed enough with this. And it is, like you said, a first outing kind of thing, as far as I know. Uh, I, I'm impressed enough with this that if they put something else out, I would definitely check it out, and I would be very interested to see how they progress and and where they go to from here, having learned how to you know put the story together and put out a four parter and and pacing and everything else kind of thing. I'd be really curious to see where they go from here. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. So moving on, I've been trying to figure out exactly what I could partner <laughs> with Zoe out of time for an episode that made sense, and I kind of just gave up on that. <laughs> I, th- I just la- thought that you really wanted to talk about this. That's yes, why. Yes, because last week I read a comic that was so freaking awesome. I was like, forget it. We're talking about this as <laughs> soon as possible. <laughs> so we're throwing in here the first three parts of City Fall, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issues 22 through 24. And you can wait till as, it's done. <laughs> I know. As, as anybody who knows me knows, I like to wait until a storyline is done to bring it up, but I just couldn't wait. <laughs> So, of course, this is from IDW, uh, written by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Curno, and Tom Waltz, art by Mateus Santaloco and Rhonda Pattison. And this is picking up right where the Secret History of the Foot Clan miniseries left off, with, you know, Shredder setting his sights on the city to become, you know, the foothold. Oh, God, that was a terrible pun. (laughs) Totally unintentional. To become the base of his new empire. And as we even saw, I forget if it was at the end of Secret History or if it was in one of the uh, regular series issues, they found and resurrected the witch Kitsune, who is now at Shredder's side. That was in the, uh, the miniseries, I believe. Okay. Like I said, I couldn't remember yeah, exactly. So. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Mm-hmm. So this whole story starts off with uh, Casey Jones. And even with all this other stuff going on, 
this this big you know crazy story there's a lot of really good character work throughout these issues with Casey and his father and his friends and his family and I really liked that how we saw at the beginning you know he's still checking up on his father because you know he may not like the guy he may not really want anything to do with him but it's still his dad he still made a promise to his mom to watch out for him yeah the promise to his mom and then how we see that later as well yeah that was fantastic (laughs) but of course all can't go quite well Casey and Raphael are Ambushed by the Foot Clan, captured, and conveniently Raphael manages to escape. Of course, setting up a trap of we have to go rescue Casey. I like how <laughs> he asks, don't you have ninja super sense or something? <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was a great. I love it because, too, it's, again, the pacing. We were just talking about that. It's you, you start off, well, I mean, yeah, you have the, the scene with Shredder initially, but you start off with, you know, a fairly serious scene with them checking in on the old man and the the difference, even, and this is where the art shines, like the look on Casey's face, he's pained. And Raphael is like, I just want to get the hell out of here. And it's like, next page, boom, poop hits the fan. Ninjas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was great. And then we get, uh, again, some great stuff with the turtles back home. How, of course, Raphael wants to rush right in immediately and save his friend. And Leonardo is, you know, the, you know, the stick in the bud, if you will, of no, hold on. We have to think this through. And it's interesting that in this case, it's Splinter, who's, who's kind of the voice of reason. and Taking both their sides. Yeah, taking both sides instead of, you know, sticking with Leonardo as we've traditionally seen him. But, of course, they head out to the docks, go to rescue Casey, and, you know, Raphael's chomping at the bit to get out there. And we've seen this so many times where, you know, the supervillain has the, the friend captured and, you know, threatens, like, if you don't come out, I'm going to do tor- terrible things. Well, Shredder ain't your typical supervillain. <laughs> he just straight up guts Casey right there on the dock. I loved that. That panel was just, oh, my God. <laughs> because it is, like... Traditionally, though, this has been, again, especially if you remember the old Turtles kind of stuff. Yeah, it is more violent and whatnot. But you're looking at this panel and all the, you know, the the red and the lines shooting off. And you're like, holy crap and hell. It's crazy. And from and, a story side point, too, it's interesting. But, I mean, just the art alone. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be gushing about the art this whole thing. Because, oh, seriously. The, the art on these, all these issues was phenomenal. Every panel, you're kind of zooming in. I was reading on my iPad, of course. So you're zooming in at, at every panel, and it's, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely nuts how gorgeous this all is. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have another big ninja battle. And this time we see you know the true plan that we've – seen coming for a while now because Shredder's been hinting at it since, God, what was it, issue seven, yeah. I think, of Leonardo's the true target. In the, in the melee and the confusion, they actually managed to knock Leonardo out and take him away back to their secret base. And this is where things get really interesting. And the, the, the second issue here, issue 23, it had that great... Uh, split between on one hand we have Casey being rushed into the hospital because you know he's bleeding out and on the other hand we have Leonardo going through his procedures where Katsune is I don't even want to know what she's doing exactly but using her ninja magic let's just say to yeah to change Leonardo's memories and going back through all the events we've seen in the comic but twisting it to make Splinter the villain and Shredder the hero and again, talking about artwork. Oh my 
Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> These were fantastic. When you're looking at, when you're saying, too, about the seeing the similarities bef- between what's going on with Casey and Leonardo, both in their respective different places kind of thing, with the appearance of, you know, well, the surgery for one and then the brainwashing for the other. But it's a surgical almost procedure for them. But when you look at each, the, the panels for each, it's even the same amount of people, the same placing for the people, everything for what's going on. It creates this really, the, um, the mirror effect on the the page, which is, again, it's a, it's a device that when well used is very effective, especially when you're thinking about the, the, again, how close those guys are. So it was just phenomenal. And then, yeah, when you're talking about the art for the scenes that he is hallucinating, Oh my God. (laughs) This whole thing. And there's like these massive two pagers, like jaw dropping. It's, it's unbelievable. Not just the artwork, very interesting use of panel layouts and just the, the way, you know, you're visually guided through the page. It's stuff we don't talk about often enough in comics because it's stuff that quite frankly, we don't see often enough and it's when it's used to great effect like it was here it's jaw-dropping yeah it is it is absolutely so and interestingly the person who decides to help out the turtles in their current uh problem is none other than old hob you know the old cat who's been bugging them since the first issue and i loved that rooftop scene where they're there with hob and standing behind hob is slash, slash. That was great. No. <laughs> the turtles are freaking out, and Slash is like, "What?" <laughs> no. What was great is what comes later. Yes, with Slash, <laughs> we get a great interaction between Slash and, of course, Michelangelo, <laughs> where Michelangelo is feeding him candy bars, making a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how when the turtles are watching this, they're like, "Of course, yeah." <laughs> like it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> again. It's the art here. You've got him looking up. Mikey's looking up at Slash kind of thing, and he's giving him the candy kind of thing. And it's just, oh, my God. When you're thinking about how serious this story arc is kind of thing, you need those few moments of of, of levity so that, you know, the reader gets a break from the emotional turmoil. And this was just perfect. Absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. So uh, Old Hob leads the turtles into you know, Shredder's mysterious lair of a warehouse at the dock. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, because he's Old Hob, he completely turns on him and locks him in there with the Foot Clan. And this is where it just kicks off to unbelievable degrees. Because first of all, we have like that Godfather moment. Where as this is going on, we get the the flashes of Shredder's just complete domination over the city's, you know, crime scene, if you will, on the foot, just murdering every other gang out there. Great stuff. But of course, like, where's Leonardo? And Shredder's like, you know, he's he's beyond your reach, which, of course, they interpret as being, you know, he's gone. He's dead. Splinter. Splinter was the one who loses control here, which was amazing. And as he dives in with his sword, ready to kill the Shredder, it's stopped by none other than Leonardo. And again, artwork <laughs> completely makes this story. Yeah, new outfit too, which was awesome. 
<laughs> a, a, a little life eldish at points. Well, there is that. There's no but he's pouches. a ninja. He needs pouches. But there's not that many pouches. I'm no, but he's at... got like seven swords. He, well, he does have a lot of weapons. I, yes, that for sure. But at least it's not – he's got two pouches at the front. That's it. That's yeah. acceptable. Yeah, that is an acceptable amount, amount of pouches. pouches. Oh, actually, he's got one on the side too, I can see. Mm. Damn it. Three? We're cutting it close here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we just get fantastic combat scene of Leonardo mopping the floor with Splinter and the other three turtles at the same time, basically, showing the you know the, the capability that the character has always had. It's just always been held back with his you know his tempering and his training. But we're showing that he hadn't he hasn't learned anything during his mind control. He's just no longer bound by, you know, any willingness willingness to not hurt people. And that's some crazy stuff that he was able to do that much. Yeah. Yeah. Basically a counter for everyone is what he had. And again, in terms of the choreography too, which again, another thing that we don't talk about in comics, really, we, we talk about, you know, the, how great the art is, but we don't talk about how good the fight scenes are. We do sometimes, but not often enough. And so here you have it where, like, I mean, the placing of everyone, the, 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 the fight scenes themselves with each of them, it had to be important because it's him versus his brothers and pulled it off with flying colors. Just gorgeous to look at. Mm-hmm. And at the last moment, Slash busts through the wall because he wants another candy, candy bar. bar. <laughs> candy! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but it ends on a great... Great, another great artwork, great scene yeah. of just shri- a Splinter holding Leonardo's torn mask in his hand and staring out at the city, and just so much emotion there. That, that should got bigger though. That, yeah, that one panel should have been. It's it's very small at the bottom. That should have been a full freaking page, just panel page, just itself. God, but still, like the, the oh, yeah. everything this story did so far. I don't even know how many issues this is going to be. It's not over yet, yeah. but. In these three issues, the amount of stuff that we've gotten at character levels, action, story development, it's art. It, it puts so many other comics to shame. Yes. Yeah. And it's the Ninja Turtles. It's, you can't say that anymore. We've proven time I, I and time. And, though, yeah, you because, can't. I mean, there's so many people out there who still don't quite get it. Yeah, but you know what? Screw them. <laughs> like, we love Hawkeye. We wouldn't have a few years ago, but now we do. You put a, a character or characters in the, the right people's hands and you will create magic. And that's what we've been having consistently with this. Yeah. So if for some reason after two years of us now gushing about it, if you're not reading Ninja Turtles, get on it, guys. Yeah, really, seriously. All right. Well, moving into what else we're reading. Uh, first of all, last week we had the big release of the first issue of Mar- first issue of Marvel's Infinity event. And on one hand, this is a very Hickman comic with its pacing and its huge story development and tie-ins to obscure bits of lore. But on the other hand, it's kind of refreshing from an event standpoint because at the end of the first issue, nothing's really happened yet, like for the core characters in the story. But it really sets itself up for what's going to happen in the next five issues. Whereas so many other events, right there in issue one, they try to have 
you know, their big, huge, you know, controversial moments and stuff. You know, the, the Avengers at, at the end of one issue jumping in and attacking the X-Men or in the current god-awful Trinity War, the end of the first issue, Superman just straight up kills someone. And like, they, they try to make that first issue such an impact that it largely devalues the rest of the story, whereas this is a complete 180, where this is just all built up to an eventual impact, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's, it, it is taking its time. It's going to be cool to see what they do with it if they continue along this vein. So, are you talking about the, no, just to, make, to be clear, the uh, Against the Tide? No, that, that, okay. that's the digital tie-in that's just kind of yes. Silver Surfer. Yeah. And yeah. It was good. but I, it, I still like that a lot, actually. Yeah. I thought that was really freaking awesome. And again, the pacing was slow and whatnot. But, I mean, you're, you're made to care about, you know, these people. And I thought it was, and the art was oh, man. incredible in this. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's definitely something I'm very interested in seeing going forward. Yeah, yeah. Depending on how they 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 progress with it from here, it's mm-hmm. it'll be cool. Yeah, I mean they, they've got a lot of uh, iron in the fire at this point. So I mean, with with the Avengers, like I said, with the Avengers heading off world for this huge threat and Thanos coming to Earth, I mean, there's going to be some action at some point. It's just it's a Hickman story. You have to have faith in it. Yeah. All right. We also also I want to talk about Uncanny X Force, the latest issue. I believe is issue ten. How, are you even remotely caught up on that? I am, except for that one. Okay. Oh That's, man. Oh no. You know what? I did read it. I did read it. Where we have what do they call the revenants? Yes. Yeah. 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 Coming yeah, out of the, the revenants, work. who are these like psychic beings? You know, dark copies of you know people from the side. It's a comic book thing. Yeah. Really. But the stuff we get of again the character work. Uh, you know, all the dark the aspects dark stores, of everybody's yeah. psych- psyche. I mean, from Psylocke, of course, we've seen of that. But the stuff with Storm, Storm. I, that was really good. And I'm also having an interesting side effect of I'm now reading Uncanny X-Force as if Puck is a long-lost brother of Shorty from Skull Kickers. <laughs> That's really helping you take it seriously. <laughs> no, but it makes it more enjoyable because if you look at some of the scenes, like when Puck's fighting, he even has kind of goofy sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> but I again, this was coming in with a large legacy to live up to. And while it's completely different from what we've seen in the old Uncanny X-Force, it's still very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't put it on par with what we've seen in the past. But no, it was very enjoyable. And of course, that last couple of pages oh, yeah. really sets it up for, OK, now you've now you've got me really interested to see where this is going to go. And Although again, it, it almost book. looks yeah, it almost looks like Puck grew a couple of inches. You might have. It's hard to tell from that last panel. All right. Uh, also, Astonishing X-Men. I've been talking about this a little bit ever since the big, uh, what was it, Extermination? Whatever, the big crossover they did with Extreme X-Men and Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Where at the end of that, we saw Dark Beast had hid a portion of the Death Seed inside Bobby. And in Astonishing X-Men, we just basically see Iceman gone crazy. And to again, terrible pun, but really apocalyptic levels. The entire earth is covered in ice by the end of the storyline. He's gone completely nuts. And if this was just a great character study of a character that honestly hasn't had that much of it. And we've seen for so many years now that Bobby has always been cap- capable of so much more, just like we were talking about with Leonardo. 
capable of so much more, but always holding himself back for various reasons. And this comic really dives into exactly what those reasons are. And I really enjoyed it, especially by the end when he's cured and he has this terrible weight on his shoulders that he kind of liked it. <laughs> Best Bobby development, though, is in only the X-Men. Bar none. I don't know, because the next one I'm talking about, Wolverine and the X-Men, <laughs> didn't have a Bobby development, but quite possibly one of my favorite Iceman moments of all time, <laughs> where the X-Men are now assaulting the Hellfire Academy. And yeah, there's all kinds of great story stuff going on here, characters and great fight scenes, but it all comes down, and again, artwork. I need to look this one up real quick and see who exactly did the artwork on it. I've got it right here, and it is uh, Nick Bradshaw. Nick Bradshaw. Bradshaw and Walden Wong. Oh, my God. Because Martin. there are scenes here because the Hellfire Academy is protected by a cluster of Krakoas. So here come the X-Men with their own Krakoa into this battle. And there are these, these gigantic two-page spreads of this huge battle royale with mountains literally duking it out. And in the middle of it all, you have Bobby with his ice Voltron. I, <laughs> with splitting one of them in half. It was um, – he's going in there, this giant ice robot who you look at it. It's clearly an homage to Voltron. Swinging his sword around, slicing these giant monsters into bits. It, oh, my god. Once again, though, continuity. Wolverine dives in getting shot up full of holes. Apparently, healing factors working pretty darn good. Jason Aaron has said after this storyline, like, you know, timeline-wise, uh, after the storyline is when the whole lack of healing factor will kick in for Wolverine. <laughs> All righty then. Because as Marvel has pointed out many, many times, while comics may be published at the same time, they're not all occurring at the same time. Yeah. I don't oh, care. Okay. It was awesome. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, that's it for me. What have you got? Really? Yeah. So it's my turn now? Mm-hmm. All right. Now that you took all the good ones. Um, did you read the uh, – and I'm talking about like very briefly – but uh, The Walking Dead 113? Uh, no. After the awful issue that was 112, I've pretty much completely given up hope. The, yeah, this was not good. It, it, just, it just... Did you go back and read 112 and all the stuff I was saying? Oh, no, no, no. It just yeah, flat yeah, out been didn't pretty, work. Yeah. It, it, this is just dragging on stupidity now. It, it really is. I mean, I know they're supposed to be like freaking heroic kind of moments for a couple of them there and whatnot, but it was like, no, no, not at all. It's uh, no. T I, and again, I know he's trying to, it's trying to be tense and, and everything, but it's not really because, uh, because of what we've had for the last, you know, 20 friggin' issues kind of thing. Yeah. I, I was not impressed. Now, something that I am impressed about, Actually, are we going to talk about one other one first before I get into that? You can do whatever I you read, want. I uh, read Superior Spider-Man Team-Ups number two with him and Scarlet Spider, mm -hmm. which was pretty good. I like the inter interactions, especially because it's Otto now, and he, he don't like him. So that was kind of cool. Um, don't liking him is taking yeah. it a bit mild. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> back, back when he was Dr. Octopus, he had some very uh, in <laughs> intense interactions with Kane. Yeah, so... It, it was, I loved how he's like even trying to attack him while he's fighting some other guys or when he takes his time before saving him. <laughs> it's like I was considering, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, thanks for being honest. 
Um, Uncanny X-Men number 10. Did you read that one too? Yes. Kind of, kind of petering out for me. I got to tell you. It, it's, it's very slow burn. Like, yeah. And that's, yeah, again, that's a Bendis thing. I know that where... they're training the new team and whatnot. And this whole thing with Magneto and what's her face Hill. And it was like, yeah. But it didn't matter because Fraser Irving is doing the art again. Yeah, the art was phenomenal, but still. And then again, Ultimate Comics X-Men. Did you read that one? Number 30? Yes, yes. Man. I, I'm still really enjoying it. Really? I'm not digging this story arc with Gene at all. And, and, and freaking Wolverine Jr. there. Flip, yeah, flopping yeah, around yeah. I've kind never of liked Jimmy Hudson. So, so yeah, this was like, I, I like how Kitty's finally like enough's enough. And going to kick some butt with Colossus, of course. Yeah, uh, Megan, that, that's the thing. You know, all the stuff going on back at Utopia with Colossus, who I've made no, you know, just, I've never hidden the fact that I love Colossus. Yeah. Storm and even Rogue. I mean, there's there's some really good stuff going on in that story that I'm still enjoying. Yeah, it's yeah, not enough. Not enough for me. Based, you know, I liked it originally. No, I, I, but this I'm stuff is like, okay. yeah, not that much. Okay, so here's what I am. So friggin'. Hyped about, and I considered kind of waiting so that we could do an episode on it because we haven't talked about this. Would be the first time we've come back to something for a long time, and that's the Beyond series. So I am actually caught up on Batman Beyond now. So I read. I think there's 28. There might be a 29th, but I'm I'm caught up to 28, and it is friggin' awesome. But because of the way that it's written. And because of how short they are, each issue, uh, it's very much like the Injustice kind of stuff. It's not something that you can just bounce in and read every few issues or whatever. And that's part of the problem that I had it with it initially is that I wasn't reading them all, all the time kind of thing. And some of the stuff that was happening, I was like, uh, really, I can't get into this that much. I'm having a hard time and I love this IP. So I said, screw it. And I went back and I, again, read them all back to back to back to back. And when doing it that way, oh, my God, this has been a phenomenal ride. Really amazing writing in it, too. The story arcs have been great as well. Adam Beechin is the one that's doing most of the um, script work. And then Norm Brayfogle, at least he's initially doing the artwork. Um, A lot of stuff with... The, the new Jokers that you have out there and then stuff going on with the um, with Dana's brother who you find out was in like the Jokers kind of thing and then he's kind of he's he's lost it and so he actually comes back and leads the Jokers and brings Jokers from other cities to Gotham and basically just wreak havoc on Gotham. You got bombs going off everywhere, killing everything. He His plan is just to basically level Gotham. And he does a damn good job and comes very, very, very close to taking out uh, uh, Terry. Now, meanwhile, while this is going on, you find out that Bruce is basically dying because of liver failure from having taken painkillers his entire life from being... Batman. And so he's in the hospital, so he really can't be helping all that much. So Terry's kind of on his own a lot more throughout the story. Man, 
that story arc alone, absolutely phenomenal. And then, I mean, it's not a spoiler because this happened months ago now, but I mean, to the point where the stuff afterwards, where Dana is recovering from everything, because, I mean, her father, her brother kind of assaulted her father, who's in the hospital now. Her brother winds up dying, and then um, she figures out that Terry is the new Batman. And from that figures out that Bruce was the original one. And then you have a moment where, you know, Bruce acknowledges it. And like, Terry's like, what are you doing? Like, cause he'd been lying to her up until that point, trying to make up little stories and, and everything else. And Bruce is like saying, welcome to the family. And it was freaking, <laughs> it was cool as shit. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Almost. Almost. <laughs> it was it was really cool okay it was like very 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 well done and then but, but like you got stuff going on with max the friend as well and this is like some of it is going on at the same time and then some of it is essentially it's setting up the story arc the next story arc and these are fairly big story arcs so the stuff with max is just kind of wrapping up now and that was a fantastic story arc as well you know where this person wants to once again themselves basically level gotham and start from scratch them a little bit more different them it's quite literally they want to level gotham whereas the joker king dude he just kind of wanted to raise as much havoc blow up as much of gotham as he wanted to and uh but no you you have a lot of stuff going on here and what's what's cool is that it got to a point with the stuff with the Jokers that Terry was really doubting whether or not he was going to keep going even. And because of everything that he'd seen, not just from, from Bruce, but also from, from um, Barbara, also from Grayson, who is showing up a lot more later on kind of thing. And um, because he had said he'd never go back to, to, to doing the superhero gig, but then he wants to also help protect Terry McGinnis as well kind of thing. So just a fantastic story you're going on this one too, that just finished. If you're not reading this stuff, seriously, people, I strongly, strongly recommend it. Seriously digging it. See, I'm glad you caught up on all that because much like you, I was very behind myself. So this past week I actually decided, let me check out the new Batman beyond 2.0 which is just launched with the new number one. And I was very, very confused. Okay. I haven't read that though. Okay. I have to read that. I read the justice. <laughs> when you read that one and pretending you're me, not knowing anything that had happened in the previous 20 or so issues. <laughs> there's, I'm like, there was, there was a lot of what? Okay. I did read the justice league 2.0 that came out and, but I read it and then I kind of went, I missed a lot here. So I went back and I'm <laughs> see now I'm reading the justice league beyond stuff. And I am about halfway through that. And again, phenomenal stuff. Don't just freaking pick and choose and read a couple of issues. You gotta read the entire thing. And the stuff that we see here with the character development for the, these characters, because it's a whole new justice league with, with the exception of course of, of Superman, is fantastic. And I mean, you're seeing some of the classic Justice League stuff when they're referencing where some of these people, these characters come from, which is in itself, in and of itself interesting. Some of it kind of even hints at the stuff from the, the, the cartoon series. But I mean, this is just 
really, really good stuff. You got Amanda Waller who shows up at one point as well. And the Amanda Waller from Batman Beyond, who is freaking awesome, much better than the hot Amanda Waller that they have now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, the characters are very good in here. I like them a lot. And, and the, you're seeing a ton of course of Terry in here as well because Batman's in the Justice League and beyond as well. And so by virtue of that, you're seeing Bruce in there and the interactions between Bruce and Kent, which are really good. Like there's a lot of stuff that happened there that we don't know about. And there's a lot of tension and it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they talk about that a little bit more as the issues progress, because I'd be very curious to know some of what happened in between there to get them to be feeling this way about each other. Man, I got a lot of reading. Yeah. So I'm not done that one yet. I'm about halfway done. Um, but the, it's been fantastic. It's been really, really enjoyable. Absolutely loving that one as well. So yeah, if you haven't read, the Batman Beyond and the Justice League Beyond stuff, I really strongly recommend it. Interesting. Okay, and that's it. All right. Well, then, for this week's new releases, uh, we have a pretty short list comparatively this week. Marvel brings us issue 18 for Avengers as well as Avengers Assemble. We have Cable and X-Force number 13, Indestructible Hulk number 12, Nova number 7, Superior Spider-Man 16, Ultimates 29, Venom 39, X-Factor number 261, X-Men number 4, and X-Men Legacy number 15. That's not a short list. It is compared to most weeks. (laughs) (laughs) From DC, we have issue 23 for Animal Man, Batman and Nightwing, Justice League Dark, Red Hood and the Outlaws, and Wonder Woman, as well as issue 3 for Superman Unchained. And it's actually a really small week this week from the smaller publishers because really all that caught my eye is we have from IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Villain Micro Series number 5 for Karai and Sixth Gun number 33 from Oni. So of course this is one of those weeks where I ask you our listeners that if there's something out there that we're missing that you think we would be interested in checking out you can email those suggestions to us at Vince or Roger at comicbookinformer.com or you can even leave us a comment on the episode here on our website comicbookinformer.com because if it's something that you think uh, we would enjoy I'm definitely interested in reading it and even if it's something you think we would hate I always enjoy making <laughs> Roger read those yes you do <laughs> so with all that we are going to sign off for this week and thanks for listening mm-hmm.